0: That the motion created the contest We were given a referendum on whether to remain or leave the European Union. I will never send troops anywhere in a mission of that kind. Get us Hillary Clinton emails. I'd be very pleased to know what they think they're doing. I think they're all insane. Please to press me.
1: Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Hidden Perspective. This is Rob Greco, joined by joined by Jules, spotting a a new hat. I've never seen Jules wear a hat in the uh, the time that I've known him. <laughs> you you're looking you're looking very schmick, Jules. I'm,
0: I'm I'm practicing some new looks, Rob. I've, uh, <laughs> I've got to diversify. I've got to diversify as uh, as my hair slowly wanes. So you know, I'm just exploring it. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll try a cap. You know, So, You're rocking it.
1: Yeah, mm. I um, if I imagined you to wear a hat, I, I think you would have looked much worse in my imagination than you do in real life. So that's good. <laughs> so it's a positive sign, I, th- I think. There, yeah. <laughs> no, you look good. Uh, I'm sure lots of lots of people in Melbourne rock that rock similar types of hats. It's big thing these days.
0: Wearing cool hats, yeah. It's a bit, <laughs> Cool hats. It's a bit more like... It's a, probably a little bit more like hip-hop than I am, you know? Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, look, I haven't bought any clothes in like five years. this um, <laughs> just bought a hat. <laughs> this, is, man, this, this was given is to me. The
1: representation this is, of my is, <laughs> fashion consumption the last five years. <laughs> a hat, yeah. A Ooh, hat and what some
0: Birkenstocks. Uh, what brand is that? Is that some edgy brand that people... People like to wear. It's not well. It's Saint Ali merchandise, actually. Mm. So I, I didn't buy this hat. <laughs> it
1: was, uh, they actually do have some good merch. There, yeah. they have a, they have yes. a, they have a cafe in the airport, and that that cafe at the airport sells a, a ton of merch.
0: Yeah, and no, it's actually,
1: it's actually not terrible Melbourne merch. You know how you you're walking in the airport and you see like these. Like, you know, Melbourne merch that doesn't have anything to do with Melbourne. And then uh, all of a sudden, a coffee store decided to offer merch that's actually like somewhat trendy and it's good.
0: Yeah. No, th- Sal, so, like, at one point had all these designers, like, proper full on was going to really try and escalate it and turn it into like a full on fashion label and stuff. So, yeah, no, th- their merch is good. I'll, uh, I'm more than, more than proud to wear some Sane Ali merch.
1: That's great. When did he actually start? Like, how long ago did he... When did he first start? Like, did did he start with a cafe? Did he start with coffee beans? Like, what's his story?
0: Salvatore Malatesta. Uh, Sal was at uni, at Melbourne Uni. He was like 18, 18 or 19, doing his... uh, Back then, doing his law degree, which you could do as an undergraduate. Mm. And he was sick of eating the crappy cafeteria food and there wasn't a single proper like espresso machine on campus. Mm. So he started up decent hospo at Melbourne Uni which exploded and by yeah. the time he by the time he finished his law degree he uh he had like I think under like just under 20 different venues. Wow. Yeah. So and then he was a lawyer for like I don't know. It's like a grad lawyer for like six months, and then got told off because he had a, he had his he had his he had his own espresso machine in his office. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most uh, it's the most uh,
1: Italian thing to <laughs> to do at a commercial law firm. Just
0: bring your own espresso machine. Good yeah, but yeah, so he sold he he, he sold most of the. Uni venues. I think he still owns one. Probably, I think he owns the big one, big venue in at Monash. Um, yeah, but uh, he ended up selling all the uni, uni venues, and then I think he retired at like I don't know, twenty six or something. Wow. And then got real bored, and then got uh bought Saint Alley when it was only a couple of years old, and then yeah, turned it into a coffee empire. He's trading crypto at the moment and making a lot of money. Um, mm. It's pissing me off because he actually <laughs> he sent me a text. He gave me a, a crypto tip like three days ago, and then the stock just went bang and went up to like 40 percent, and I was like, "Oh So yeah, I' want to buy it first thing Monday. But I don't know anything about crypto. have you Did you own any crypto Rob? yeah i mean i
1: started i started buying some crypto a few years ago when they had that the big like 2017 boom and kind of caught that at the very tail end <laughs> so it dropped a fuck ton in value as soon as i bought it
0: <laughs> but now
1: <laughs> which is you know classic but um but now it's it, it's gone up it's it's gone up a lot i didn't invest too heavily in it hey listeners rob here I had some technical difficulties with this episode, to say the least. So this episode is going to jump right over to where Jules and I chat about the substance of the episode, which is that a lot of art is being viewed as problematic without having regard to anything else. So it's going to cut right over to that part where we are chatting about that topic. I hope you enjoy. And uh, thanks for putting up with the editing of the episode.
0: Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like And also, why is there now this expectation on narrative art that that narrative art needs to like inherently satisfy the ethical needs of society it's like if a story doesn't if if a narrative can't functionally punish like a wrongdoer in a movie then that movie implicitly supports because it's like you it's like you have no idea what art is for or used by man they are just it's driving me mad bro and so like you know and so but but again it's like it's like not only have we become myopic to the way in which art is being consumed and discussed in media in that it's exclusively around its morality but there's also this perverse expectation on art to you know serve us like the bible does in constructing clear you know moral behaviors consequences and all the rest of it and it's like Fuck off! You know sometimes, like if the art, if if the consequences are a narrative, which might be the evil racist rapist gets away with all of his crimes, makes you feel unbelievably agitated, aggravated, annoyed. That may well have been the artist's intention, and in evoking that response from you, you're you're considering the ethical consequences. There, it isn't being presented as some sort of ethical binary where it's like bad people are always appropriately punished and good people are always appropriately rewarded because if the art was always like that you'd never be surprised you wouldn't actually be engaged and it also wouldn't be a fair representation of real life because you know real life doesn't mirror our our best wished ethical frameworks like it fucking doesn't match very well at all to those things yeah so (laughs) (laughs)
1: that was good yeah that's my real beef with um all the cancellations of dr seuss and anything that could be perceived as racist which is the presupposition that it has to be pure like maybe they did perceive that as non-problematic back 100 years ago back 50 years ago and that's fine but the fact that you can't have it now is only because it's not 100% pure when you could just totally say you could look at it and you could say, oh, that book's pretty racist in X, Y respects, but all these other things that it tried to do, it's like everything isn't about the issue that you are fundamentally concerned about, you know dr seuss came up with all these rhymes that resonated with so many people and like stories like we're so fun to tell your kids gave kids a sense of wonder and a sense of you know respect for literature all that is devalued as zero only because it can in part be perceived as you know portraying certain you know certain characters in a way that's racist it's completely devaluing of art and like the idea that you know if it If you want to create art in this day and age, you are therefore committing yourself to having that art rendered null and void in 20 years' time when the cultural mores inevitably change, right? How can any art today be respected when you've invited this test that is, it has to be suitable for the moral standards of today and it also has to be suitable for the moral standards of, you know, 30 years into the future? It's a terrible way to approach art. Do we want nothing to be produced? Do we want nothing to challenge us? And the idea that we have to be perfect, which is bullshit because none of you are perfect. I don't care if you write for you know whichever cultural magazine that you think gives you some moral prestige or some brownie points, you're not perfect. I bet I could you know look into your you know the skeletons in your closet and there'd be a few fucking dark and sinister things that need to be sorted out. Like how dare you project some moral purity and you know export that on
0: every onto everyone else? I agree. I agree, and and I think the the like I I'd kind of where I think where things are even more perverse for me, right? Like, I mean, if you're talking about, for example, with the Doctor Seuss thing, right? I mean, we, we're going to presume that you know it's kids who read these books, right? If you like, you know, you can um, intuitively. It seems well-founded to exclude children from hyper-violent content, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, 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 and I guess the same could be said of hyper-sexual content, right. right? So, So, you know, and then potentially then you can make the argument, well, if something's racist and racism tends to – our conception of what racism is sort of morphs over time and so what was – In the same way that something hypersexual would have been, or in the same way something hyperviolent would have been. So, you know, so excluding children from these Dr. Seuss things because they've been classified racist or whatever, I, you know, I'd be I'd be willing to accept it. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a way more way bigger issue. I think there's a way bigger issue with what's happening with art, which is that you make a movie for adults, right? Say dealing with some. Difficult subject yeah. matter uncomfortable yeah. difficult subject matter, right? Let's say a child molester. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, or or you know, a rapist or someone who's racist or you know, whatever the narrative might be? Mm-hmm. There is now this growing expectation in uh, the community that it is unacceptable for there not to be explicit morality mm-hmm. imposed on the narrative, so that mm-hmm. is to say that if racists get away with racism in yep. movies and television, if rapists get away with raping, and if it, and if and if like like in the Shakespearean uh, frameworks. You know, those that commit sins, God brings wrath upon. And, you know, if justice isn't served, and if you don't leave the movie feeling, oh, good, I'm so glad that piece of shit got undone in the end, mm-hmm. then the movie is uh, can be accused of being deliberately ambiguous in its uh, condemnation of certain behaviors. Yeah. So that is to say, you know, if I if I'm Quentin Tarantino and I shot some brutal rape scene, and then just had that rapist just leave, and then show him in the rest of the movie having a great time or whatever else, I've effectively said, you know, rape's okay or whatever. Or I haven't yeah. I haven't yeah. used the movie as an opportunity to, to to condemn his action. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Rob, people, unfortunately, what's happening in this woke, enlightened universe? Mm -hmm. Is that people conflate being made to feel a certain way, which is normally discomfort, disgust, anger, injustice towards characters or plots, as somehow the artist's supporting of what people are feeling uncomfortable about. I think so much of the time people don't realize when they're consuming art that's dealing with problematic areas, you know, whether yeah. it's sexual assault, whether it's racism, classism, I don't know, whatever's freaking people out. Yeah. What I would say to you is this burning sensation of wishing for greater justice in the world, isn't that a political statement? If I was to say, I'm going to create a piece of art that makes people leaving wishing for the world to be different, yeah, haven't I succeeded yeah. as an artist and actually yeah. I, not even, and, and it's further than, oh, you know, I started a discussion or whatever. You can start a discussion by fucking, you know, doing anything. I take a shit on someone's car. I can start a discussion. Yeah. It's not, starting a discussion is totally overrated as compared to inciting a genuine emotional response, right? An yeah. emotional and like, and then which triggers- like significant you know, intellectual inquiry, whatever it is. But I feel like too many people speak to me about how movies and narrative plots or whatever frustrated them because X, Y, and Z wasn't appropriately punished or the movie didn't balance these aspects of morality. And it's like if you watch a movie about a student-teacher relationship that goes into the nuances of that relationship and makes you feel really uncomfortable about it, and then maybe after you leave – The movie almost presented itself as, you know, is this really a problem? Isn't it a problem? And because you spent so much time watching the movie, you could say that movie was gross. It was inherently pedophilic because it was so much of the time presenting uh, a child-adult sexual relationship as fine and non-damaging and not awful and all the rest of it. And it was making me feel disgusting and gross. And, you know, there there wasn't enough about how, how bad this thing is. And it's like, well, maybe that was trying to do that to you was trying to agitate you you know yeah so um through the harmlessness of 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 it obviously being all make-believe right And, and 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 people acting so i think you know it's it's one thing to be like oh this is racist content and we don't we don't want you know young children consuming backdated racial stereotypes that have you know negative connotations. Whatever, yeah. I'm whatever. I'm, I'm 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 so much more okay to that than an M A. than an you know MA15 plus or an R rated movie shown at um you know important art houses and 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 uh, movie yeah film festivals being being cancelled um because the subject yeah. matter was difficult which I think is just becoming more and more of a thing
1: I really want to get to the bottom of the instinct that drives all of this. Like, tell me how that instinct to have movies be perfectly pure and close a loop in the way you want and, you know, dish out the punishment in the way that you think is appropriate is any different from, you know, mothers in the 90s all petitioning the government to ban video games for being too violent. Or how is it different from? I remember when we were in high school and that big Ben Cousins doco came out, uh, it was, and and the criticism of I think it was Channel Seven, which made the doco, is that they, they um they published the doco on two nights, so they left uh, at, at the end of the first half of the documentary, which was the first viewing session, it was left with this you know, the the final scene was that was Ben Cousins in a five day bender living life with all these friends. And the criticism the whole week was that how dare channel seven not close that loop and showing why drug use is bad. Drug use is negative. Our kids should never do drugs. And it's just, you know, if you had just waited an extra week, you would have seen how fucked up Ben Cousins was that, Putting that aside, if there even is a narrative that you don't like or a narrative that 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 doesn't close you fully, is it? It's just one director in the world. It's just one person presenting yeah, but, their idea.
0: But, but Robert, it's, it's more silly than that because the person, the person wants to watch a piece of. So that what what like, the the criticism that you just you just gave, is that this didn't tell people that drugs are bad enough, right? Yeah. So they've watched it and then they're talking about the fact that drugs aren't bad enough. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? You just consumed the content and yeah. then are talking about the, yeah. and it's giving you the feel, it, the exact feeling. It's
1: already raised to
0: it's already the, raised it in you. Yeah. It's already yeah. raised it in you. You're already talking yeah. about it you' yeah. you're, you're already going yeah but drugs are awful. and it's yeah. like everyone who knows anything about Ben cousins at that time knew his whole that his whole entire football life and, and exactly. had been exactly. destroyed. It wasn't like it was some sort of um, like it wasn't well known. so yeah you know th- th- this and so what's the driving instinct I think the dr- the, the, the driving instinct is people not under not understanding that agitation is this incredible aspect of art and, and yeah and, and that um, sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it isn't intentional. but uh, but I, I think you could also make the case even stronger
1: and not that you know, even if it doesn't raise the discussion, like a video game, it rewards you for killing more people. Like, there actually isn't even a discussion that shooting is bad at the end of the video game. If anything, you think shooting is fun. Would you say that we should censor video games from our kids? And this is directed at kids, which is even even more susceptible because they're vulnerable. And so this is actually an even tougher case to defend, which is that it doesn't raise the discussion of why killing is bad. It rewards it. Kids ha- It's associated with fun. And it's targeted to kids who are vulnerable and impressionable. And I still don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know, because the responsibility for moral behavior in society falls on each and every one of us. And if you see something there, if you, if you see trends, if you see behavior, if you, like, you see content or a product or something that you don't like, it's this idea that I get to decide how everyone else is raised. I get to decide exactly what everyone else is exposed to. And I think that instinct that you could call it authoritarian, you could call it like, you know, um, whatever other word you want to assign to it. It's the instinct that like what I feel is morally superior to everyone else. And therefore I get to decide what everyone else is exposed to. <sighs>
0: But those games, half of them are rated like M, MA. Right. Fucking, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto is supposed to be R, isn't it? I mean, but you know, it was all a piss take. And we all obviously, it, you know, played it, ten we years played old. It, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing you're doing decrepit things. You know. You, you know, You literally. I mean, I must have been what in year. I reckon San Andreas was probably year five. You know. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, it's it's awful to say. But, it's awful. You
1: know. But, and I I would also say to support my, <laughs> what I was saying previously is it was a huge debate in society. I, I, like I'm pretty sure John Howard did ban it for a while.
0: I'm pretty sure yeah, there was. San Andreas had some problems, yeah.
1: Yeah, like yeah. there was some ban, so, you know, the census, quote-unquote, won the debate for a small time. But what it did do is it raised really interesting intellectual discussion. There's um a big uh, field of academia which actually looked at it and said, okay, like maybe we do want to know, are our kids going to all turn out to be um, mass murderers after playing violent video games and the evidence came back time and time again saying that there's no causal link between what you play or what you consume. So in other words, the art you consume doesn't dictate your behavior. And I think that's, you know, I don't know how, how, how well that extrapolates out to other issues. Am if I watch content that is, uh, you know, racist or if I watch content that is, you know, this social ill or this social ill, will I become that? Will I perpetuate that? And at least in the context of video games, a whole field of academia decided that there's no flaws or link. And a lot of those social justice you know proponents and people who say you know art should be perfectly pure, they would probably be on the side of people should be able to play video games they were on the side of that cultural libertarianism back in the 90s and back in the 2000s because you know it you know it was it, it was it was maybe cooler to be you know in favor of you know standing against censorship back then but i don't understand why if they could if they could believe that only a few decades ago they've switched wholeheartedly on the favor of You know, trying to ban
0: that content. Yeah. I mean, it is like when you say it out loud, so, you know, all of us in our Grand Theft Auto lives probably did some disgusting things. It's interesting. Like, (laughs) that's appalling, right? Like, intuitively, do you want your 10 year old kid doing that? I'm pretty sure.
1: My mom banned the game from my like my brother and I for two years. She took it away from us. <laughs> she saw what we were up to. She's my mom. I was a ten year old kid. She get she gets to decide what I'm what I'm
0: playing with. Okay, so 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 you were my well, mate. Yeah. See, my parents were too busy trying to kill each other. <laughs> I, I, I got I get to do whatever I wanted, which uh, turned out great. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. Killing it. I I I wonder whether that is the best thing for like how old are we in year five like ten yeah.
1: something like
0: that that older, yeah. it's probably not the best thing but like you know I've managed to not um, do anything awful like that to anyone but look it is interesting because you also have this idea of course of this uh, unconscious bias cultural conditioning yeah. And I do think probably part of the reason why, you know, the academics when they looked at, and the psychologists or whatever when they looked at the influence of, of video games and um, this art on behaviour, I think when and it not having an effect, I think it's because all of the other cultural infrastructure, which is probably so much more significant and would be generally ubiquitous, allows that to be a moment of surrealism, right? It so
1: it.
0: yeah yeah it overrides it right so like you know obviously i even as a t- 10 year old or whatever a 12 year old you know whatever you know and i've got this immeasurable plasticity that's happening in my brain 24 7 yeah you know images of women in dresses and boys in shorts is everywhere right so yeah. you know and and, and, to, and to that extent you know particularly as a younger kid images of girls and flowers and prettiness and and these kinds of things you know I totally buy all that social conditioning stuff, you know, you know, you know, you know your mum's in makeup, your dad's in a suit, you know, and tradies are in, you're there. And so, and then if if we existed in a world where there wasn't this uniform level of, um, cultural expectation seated in our brains, then I think we would come out different. So, you know, I do believe, I do believe in this cultural yeah. conditioning thing. And to that extent, if, if art is like, what role does art play in creating, those conditions for us, right? And I think this is how people are able to argue for canceling of certain content because of how it feeds into this overall culture, right? Mm. But in the case of playing Grand Theft Auto and, you know, killing sex workers and chopping people's heads off and, you know, doing outrageous things like that, you know, massacres, right? I can't think of many games that you can just go on some, you know, genuine machine gun massacre it that's such a moment of surrealism and i just don't think it it does anything to penetrate your actual
1: doesn't compute yeah it doesn't doesn't compute so yeah you brought it up in the context that you were really disappointed that even if there's a grain of truth to all of this stuff the cultural conditioning maybe directors and People producing art need to be more responsible. What was it that was so frustrating about that?
0: Yeah, so I've got this this review here. It's for a new TV series, like Hulu, developed for FX and Hulu. So the TV series is called A Teacher. The review is in the Age. It's by Carl Quinn, who's like an art art uh, journalist. Yeah, culture, TV, radio. Now, it starts with three stars, okay? So, it's a review. It's a review of this piece of art. The headline is, Sex Scandal Drama, A Teacher Makes a Mess of Its Lesson in Morality. Okay? And um, straight away in that headline, it's lesson in morality. You know, it's not a parable from the fucking Bible. You know? (laughs) It's a 10-part teacher-student tv show and let's be honest a lot of young boys are going to be very excited to watch this is the point. anyway so <laughs> makes a mess of its lesson in morality i feel like saying you should look at what you know 12 year olds you know are watching on Pornhub and check the lesson in morality there you know? anyway but 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 the thing Chilts. is right it's given through oh, mate it's outrageous <laughs> It's like, I, I was, I, I'm too, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to, I need to, I, anyway, we won't talk about my sex life, basically. <laughs> basically, I, I feel like I, I'd be, I'd be a prude with these young ones, <laughs> mate. It's fucking, like, all right. So, it's been, uh, Hannah Fadil has been living with the thorny subject matter of a teacher for a long time. What's she going to make the movie? Ethical and moral minefields of the story. Um. Blah 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 blah, more on the narrative. Soon added they're going like rabbits, exactly right. This is you know, which is the reason why people are gonna watch this. Um anyway. Not a single word of this article is about the acting, the directing, the quality of the narrative, its excitement, it's pacing, soundtrack, sound editing, set, realism. It's entirely a discussion. Outside of the three stars about how it's problematic in the way it it resolves this narrative around teacher and student, you know, and quite specifically, I'll read this. But there's some serious dodging here. By making Claire new at school, it sidesteps the issue of grooming, right? By having Eric turn 18 soon after their relationship begins, it evades the charge of statutory rape. The age of consent in Texas is 17, by having the teacher be female, as in maybe one-tenth of such real-world cases, and the student male, it replaces shame and silence with bragging rights, at least initially, when the truth comes out. And by casting the tiny Mara, who is 37, opposite the bulky Robinson, who is 25, it avoids the terrible optics. So, it didn't deal with grooming, uh, it didn't deal with statutory rape, didn't... it it had a female abusing a male as opposed to the inverse. And uh, it casted people who didn't actually look that, that different in age to each other. Why does it have to do these things? (laughs) Like why this isn't like, like this this, this hasn't been designed to be like, you know, it's not going to be shown to every teacher to get their teacher's registration going, this is what, Um, You know, (laughs) this is what sexual abuse at schools is. And this is, you know, it's like, no, this is some fucking three star foxtel thing that a bunch of young boys are going to be wanking to in the middle of the (laughs) night. Really excited to watch like that. (laughs) Like, like chill the fuck out. And also, on what basis was this film given three stars? Like you, you, you read this review and it's just, you know, I'll read the last paragraph.
1: If you're honest to your critique, you would have given it one star, half a star, right? You said nothing favorable about it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, why does it even (laughs) deserve? Why why, why, why does it on what basis is it given (laughs) three stars? Like, I don't understand, but, (laughs) but this, but again, why is some fucking dude who writes articles about Ed Sheeran concerts? giving us some fucking ethics lesson on the complexities of this topic. Is he some fucking expert on, 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 on child student relationships and power imbalances? No, bro. You're supposed to be an expert on directing, acting, screenplay, right? Like why why are you talking as if you're an ethicist? Yeah. You're not mate. You're the culture TV and radio editor for the age. You know, your jobs to make mainstream art look good and it used to be, and then get, make edgy art look more exciting than it actually is. Because most of this cool art at, at, you know, at the fancy film festivals makes people bored as to bat shit. But right. now, right. it's just, like, I just, anyway, it's like. I don't think I'm, it's
1: always, yeah,
0: go on. Last thing I'll say on this, why are art editors portraying themselves as ethicists? And why is art, almost exclusively now, in articles I read across all different kinds of papers, so rarely ever addressing the issues of the art that don't pertain to representation or the culture wars. It's as if acting doesn't matter. It's as if the quality of the narrative doesn't matter. In this case, it was all of these aspects of the narrative that meant it didn't address the true complexity and true reality of, you know, yeah. Teacher abuse at schools. I just don't it's almost as like
1: it is disturbing, but it's almost as like the director was actually on your side. He didn't want to deal with those issues because he probably didn't know how to do it properly. He's leaving it for someone else. He's leaving it for someone who can do a better job. Isn't that you what you want? It's like a a um, you know, damned if you do Damned if you don't. If you do tackle it, you're not going to do it properly because you're not going to dedicate the whole film to it. If you don't tackle it because you can't do it justice, well, then you didn't tackle it. So you can't do anything right in the eyes of these people unless you have a perfectly pro-social justice, pro-woke movie that's some perfect director that's out there, and maybe that person does exist. I don't know, I haven't seen I haven't seen that movie yet. But um, it reminds me of the movie Soul. Have you seen it? It's a new Pixar yes. film. Yes. Yes. Um, did you enjoy that film? Yes. Fantastic film. Yes, I thought it was great. Film. Why? What, had, what's the
0: problem with it? It, it?
1: it had a black lead. Yep. It's a it's a black jazz musician in New York, and he dies. Yep. And there's a discussion yep. about. Afterlife and souls and, and 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 purpose in life and and pursuing you know your dream and not you know succumbing to the rat race. Uh, all, essentially an all-black cast, many of the characters were black. It was about him, his mum, his mum's friends, um you know a cat that he encountered. The problem was, for, according to this critic, was that it killed a black person early in the movie. Yeah, and and I if mean, you watch the movie, it that 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 doesn't make any sense at all it, it, because he
0: needs to die to, to set
1: up the whole soul thing. So so not so again, it's a it's a catch twenty two. If you don't have a black lead, it's terrible. If you do have a black lead, you'll criticise anything that is wrong with the storyline and impugn that on racism. You can't do anything right.
0: Not if someone needs to be able to. Grab some baity headline, yeah. Like if, well, if so, someone yeah, exactly. If, so
1: it's right? which is what is what, all is what that sounds like at the end of the day.
0: Right? It is. It is about incentives, but, but, surely I can't be the only person what pulling their hair out the fact that <laughs> yeah. across across you know mainstream art reviews, whether it's music, movies, television, fucking everything, is framed in this discussion almost exclusively like that is unbelievable to me it's the equivalent of you know reading a review of a football game and only talking exclusively about you know one particular incident in the game that doesn't necessarily have to do with the with football you know so it might be say for example
1: always talk about the umpires
0: yeah the umpire (laughs) Sweet, like the umpires. So yeah, but mate, the umpires. Yeah, but they made the umpires like what? Well, someone kicked a goal here. <laughs> yeah. Someone did this. Yeah. They, they they like the fullback went, that to, coach went to went that to made full decision. and his yeah. decision. Yeah. This is this, this. Oh no, no. What we want to talk about is you know like, <laughs> these people fuck fucking off. infuriate me. They're the worst people to listen to in, like, in AFL commentary. <laughs> how can you not like? Oh man, you know it's just art. Uh, so. You know, I'm hoping to release more more music and good more, a wider art. And if someone um, whose job it was to be informed on the makings of art and how art's made and and all the rest of it was to just go and write up and talk about the way that they think the narrative should have been constructed exclusively when they give me their fucking shitty three star review, um. Yeah. I would be, uh, yeah, I would be seriously pissed off, you know. At
1: the end of the day, we're assigning a lot of weight to, uh, you know, a small group of society that I think is largely set up by incentives, and you know, there would be a part of these people that does generally agree with it. But a, a key barometer for me, time and time again, I don't know if you've ever done this or or, or you've noticed it, is going on Rotten Tomatoes and seeing the variance. Between the audience score and the critic score. Often when you watch a movie that you'll love, the audience score will be extremely high and the critic score will be extremely low. And that to me is you know a discrepancy that says it all.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's like I would have thought that the reason why that happens is because the sort of you know mainstream people just want some pleasing entertaining piece of content whereas yeah. art critics really care about yeah. quality of the acting and the realism I, and the subtlety yeah. and then when they write a review they don't have a fucking word to say about it so mm. I, so, yeah. so, so so is the disconnect there because people have different expectations around art and and, and the detail in which they look for it. You know, it'd be like saying if I got most people to listen to Wagner for an hour, most people want to be pulling their hair out. Right. Whereas if you play Wagner to a bunch of of classically trained musicians, they're going to tell you it's some of the greatest music ever made. Now that disconnect happens because one particular audience is really well informed and studied and versed in that music. So they would have been to say in the subtleties. That's what I would have thought would be the explanation for why critics and mainstream. Audiences, I think, disperse.
1: yeah, I think that's overly generous because I would say the people,
0: people, people who give,
1: people who give audience scores in Rotten Tomatoes, they actually know a lot about film. It's probably like someone like you. I remember you didn't go to school, and when you weren't at school, you are watching movies, so you know a lot about movies. You would be an audience member giving the score in Rotten Tomatoes and I would say you would know a lot about movies you're not an expert but I would think a lot of the people who are commenting on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes actually aren't some fucking racist hillbilly in the south of America they're probably a pretty you know educated intelligent people who knows a lot about movies and I think what you're actually seeing is a dichotomy in the, you know, the critics, people who are paid to do this for a living, whether it's because of incentives, they need to take some certain line, or whether it is for social pressure, because they write something and if it's not perfectly in line with the, uh, you know, the social justice consensus or whatever it is, they'll get vilified and they might lose their job. So there's an incentive structure to push them towards these insane worldviews that art can only be done in a really hyper-woke way that, you know, is 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 0% problematic and 100% amazing that, they end up writing these really lofty, these 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 lofty reviews that don't actually address the underlying art which they're paid to review.
0: Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's like it, you know, it, it would be, you know, what it reminds me of when you're at school and you're given an essay topic. That's what these articles remind me of, and they're all the same essay topic. So it's like in the case of the article I just spoke about, you know, the essay topic might be the teacher, you know, Looks let's, let's, I can't remember what the teacher's name is in this stupid TV show. Let's I don't know, Sarah. You know. The essay topic might be, you know, Sarah is, is portrayed as a victim, not a perpetrator. Right. Discuss. Please discuss. You know, right. Right. Yeah. How did this movie deal with the true realities of, sexual abuse by teachers at schools discuss bro. This is a movie review. It's a three stars. What happens in the movie? Is it good? I why, like, why, yeah. why am I reading your like ethics discussion on this movie? <laughs> yeah. like, what What the fuck is this? Like, and, and why has this just become MO for all culture reviews? You know, I just, anyway, I just, yeah, it's like, you know, we should make art about bananas and plants. And, um, you know, and then see if they want to talk about that. You know, I, I, I just, I'm, yeah, bewildered and so over it. And I've decided yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to curate this collection. Like every piece of, <laughs> every movie and music and TV show review I watch now, I'm gonna save in a folder, yeah. and I'll see how many I get in the next little bit that actually talk about a component of the art. You know, yeah, like hear the word melody written. In a, in, in a music review, you know, or, 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 you know, like acting or like, oh, anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap this one up. I think we did a good number on that. We'll see how it pans out in the, in the post-production. I think they're
0: all insane.
1: And one final thing, if you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word and let your friends and family know about it. And also, if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and notification bell. See you next time.